irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Power of Love Radio Show only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power of Love Radio Show, sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. I am TJ Jackson, and I have with me Terrell Jackson. Hello, everyone. Taj Jackson. Hello. Taj, why? I, you know, I was that. getting Twitter ready. <laughs> <laughs> My mic is so far every away. Single, every single week, I have to get I on him about getting close to the mic. <laughs> today, it's March 22nd, and it was supposed to rain today, but it's not raining. Uh, but it's it's a cool day, and I'm happy to be back. I missed you guys. I know. I wasn't talking about you guys. and I was talking uh, about to our oh. listeners. <laughs> I missed our listeners. Yeah. I didn't miss you guys. Uh, you didn't hear me say anything. <laughs> well, we're live here on the Power of Love radio show. So if you're listening to us right now, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can use our Twitter handle to tweet us things uh, on our topic today. Todd, you want to give the Twitter handle? Yes, it's at DDJ Foundation. Okay, and we're going to, yeah, we'll open up phone calls. We have a special guest today, so he's, he already gave us the green light to open up phone calls. So if you want to call us on to- on topic, I don't want to hear questions about what's Terrell's favorite ice cream flavor, nothing like That's that. That's interesting. <laughs> what, what is your favorite flavor? I just had ice cream. You might as well just That's answer it now. Yeah, it's, uh, I just had Ben & Jerry's uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay, I'm a fan of Ben & Jerry's, but not the chocolate chip cookie I dough. I almost Cookies got chunky monkey. Okay. But I've never really had that. For, for Bill, I almost had that. All right, All right but I- topic, if you want to call us on topic, the phone number is uh, 323-203-0815. Again, it's 323-203-0815. For our disclaimer, we're not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it, and we've learned from it. And we feel that by sharing our experiences, we can help others out there uh, overcome or navigate through whatever they're going through. Mm -hmm. So if you need help, please get professional help. Don't just rely on us. And that's pretty much it. So I I, I like to start the shows with what's been going on. How was your your guys' last week? Uh... We lost our baseball game. Did you? Yeah, we didn't play well. They didn't come out to play. And then we had a game yesterday, but it got canceled because of the rain. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I, I, I used to frustrating. get so frustrated when I was young and I had a rain out and I was looking forward to a game. So how did you handle your loss? Uh, not good. <laughs> not good. I, I kind of got on the kids a little bit. What'd you do? Because what do you you got honestly, the thing is, is I feel I have the best team, mm-hmm. but at the oh. same time, if they don't play on show up then we're the win. worst team so i think we're going to be all right i think we're going to be all right what's well, a learning lesson it's a teaching yeah. lesson for you and a learning lesson for i just them. i just want them to improve mm-hmm. and i want them to while they're there to do their best and to have fun and yeah well it's yeah. not fun to lose it's yeah. fun to win, so. <laughs> so goes, like what's first the no, we, the we, egg, we, right? you always gotta have fun <laughs> baseball's fun so yeah. i just tell them if you're gonna be here if you're gonna show up let's do let's let's try to get better yeah you know or i gave them that option i said we could goof around or we could try to get better so i basically got them each to commit to the team so that's good. good good so we'll see how it goes from here on out good and and mr taj jackson yes Gosh, Gosh, same really question. repeat the oh question? I mean, I haven't really been doing anything, to be honest. I've been uh, 
studying photography, doing my photography thing. But yeah. same thing as twenty years ago. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got. If you want to master something, you got to study it. <laughs> All right. Not much has changed with my eldest brother. Yeah. But I'm very consistent. I love it. All right. So, and for me, I was in Nashville the first week, Tennis. and I got to say, I, I just loved it. It was so cool. And I know we've been there as three T. Uh, for work, have we? I think we have. Yeah, we have. Once or twice. Taj, well, Taj, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We have. Are you we, sure? I think Tara. I think that's when we did the celebrity softball game, and I no, that was Cincinnati. No, I did it like three weeks in a row. Cincinnati. I did it like Ohio. three weeks in a row, and I airmailed a ball and it hit a poor kid, and I was like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> I, yeah, I, you my, did. That was I did awful. it like literally three weeks in a row. The ambulance came out. That was the worst. That was bad. <laughs> that was the worst. That was really bad. <laughs> so I think Tennessee, Nashville was the spot, but mm. it's such yeah. a cool spot. Especially you would love it. Yeah, you would love it, Terry. You gotta I, I get out go, there. Man. I want to go there, and I also want to go to Austin again. Yeah, Austin's Austin, cool. Yeah. Austin's cool. But I, I've been to Austin many times because I used to live in Texas. But Nashville is my third or fourth time because I was there for Lexi's basketball tournament. Right, right, right. But never for just riding. And it was mm-hmm. fun, man. That's great. Cool. All styles of music? All styles of music and a lot of respect for music. Yeah. You know, you go, you, 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 yeah, you land in the airport and you see guitars everywhere and, and music ads. You know, it's, nice. it's, it's the land of music. It's the city of music. That's so nice. Music city. So I recommend you going for sure. Anyway, with, without further ado, we're going to introduce our, our guest for today. Uh, he's a really special guy, a really solid guy. Uh, always impresses me. Anything else you guys want to add? No, I want to introduce him because I want to ask him if he's been to Tennessee. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Do your thing. Um, Cameron. Cameron what? Huh? Last name Cameron Mooney. I'm sorry, I jumped the gun. Me, man. Okay. Jeez. okay. So we have with us an amazing music therapist, Cameron Mooney. Right? And go yes. ahead, Todd. Terrell, take any, it away. Okay, can I ask my Tennessee question? Yes, sir. Tennessee. <laughs> um, have you been to Tennessee? I have Nashville, yeah. I have been to Tennessee. I've been to Nashville for about an hour. Uh, I went to Tennessee a year and a half ago for a a community development conference and the guy that booked our tickets it was in memphis flew us into nashville on accident so we got there <laughs> and had to rent a car and immediately drive like four hours oh. to memphis. so i got barbecue there and then headed to memphis how was the drive it was let's turn it into a positive how was yeah. the drive it, it was beautiful i love traveling See? i love going different yeah. places memphis was great there's a lot of music okay. there too mm. um but i'm hoping to go to nashville in the next year or two we have some friends moving out there so so it's, it's a cool. four-hour drive. Yeah, it was. I think it, it was something like that. I think it was about four and hours. It's a nice drive. I slept. I slept a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I was actually also there a couple of years ago. Well, many years ago for a friend's Are we wedding. Are talking Nashville? Yeah, for a friend's Brad's wedding. I Brad, forgot yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That. I saw um, that. But yeah, Nashville's cool. He's good. I saw him. He's awesome. I didn't know he was there. Uh, right. But anyway, so Cameron, mm-hmm. first of all, you look very young. <laughs> I've always admired you, Cameron, because you look like you—you look like you're in your. You, I'm, a, I'm a very mature fourteen. <laughs> you just look so young, and you're so controlled. And and I gotta say, and I've never told. Maybe I have, but I don't think I've told you this. Cameron did the Boys and Girls Club uh, music, music therapy, therapy programs with us, mm-hmm. with the kids and the teens. And you know, it was in Watts, California. 
and it was in an environment where it, it was you know it was a different environment than where we're at which is the valley mm-hmm. where we you live mm-hmm. out here yeah so yeah. where we where we live and you know Cameron I gotta commend you because you are you were solid you know and 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 handling a group of kids that probably weren't expecting you uh, and and they ended up gravitating to you and and really leaning on you and, and loving you and you know, I'm a big fan of your work and how you go about it. My question is, how did you get into music therapy? Um, well, thank you for all that. Yeah, I, of course. I appreciate it very Just much. Just pay me later, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you said everything I asked you to. Yeah. <laughs> did I get it right? Yeah. Um, now I got into music therapy, so... Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt. Yeah. I want to know how you got into music first. How I got into music. That's and a good then question. Let's, then let's do music Yeah, therapy. absolutely. Um, and they kind of tie together. So okay. um, I grew up in a family that had a lot of music playing. My grandpa still sings. I think they finally just stopped doing <laughs> events, but in a gospel quartet that he started in high school. And my dad joined it when he was older. And so my, my dad um, um, wasn't a singer-songwriter, but he played a lot of singer-songwriter music growing up. So James Taylor, uh-huh. um, things like that. And so I grew up around a lot of music. I didn't start taking any lessons until I was 12. When I was 12, I started taking piano lessons and then stuck with that. So I was about 18. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into music. I, I mean, okay. like everybody, I loved music growing mm-hmm. up who doesn't love yeah. music. Um, and I was involved in music in high school at my church. I would play in the band there. Um, so that's when I got to start playing with other people a lot more and kind of exploring it creatively in different ways. So are you, are you from here? I'm from, from Simi Valley. So oh, okay. I was actually I was born in the valley, grew up in Simi yeah. Valley, and uh, now I live in North Hollywood. Okay, so, so been around LA, been, here. been around so. my whole life. And then you went to CSUN for music therapy. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't um, that wasn't always part of the plan. I when I was um, so growing up, my this goes a little bit back, but my parents did um, foster care, and so I was around kids a lot. I come from a big family as well, um, and so. Um, from high school, I thought I was going to do music forever. That was um, my plan. Even from from early in high school, I was like, I want to write music. I want to write music for TV and films. Um, I knew a lot of schools around here offered that um, as part of their major. I knew CSUN did, and I thought I'd probably end up going there if I could get in. And then when I was 18, I got this um, job. A friend of mine got me a job doing respite care for um, children with special needs. So respite care is just going and hanging out with kids so parents can have a break, basically. Um, and I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. um, being able to be there for families and learn about them and learn about their kids. And, and I was really young. at the, I mean, I was 18 um, and got to have this job that was super fulfilling after I had just worked at some restaurants and some family businesses and stuff. Um, so I do that. And then um, right at the kind of the start of college, and I'm doing it for two years as I'm going to junior college. And at the end of the two years, I'm super conflicted because I'm like, man, I wanted to do music. That's all I wanted. Now I've been working with kids for two years, though. Like, and now I want to work with kids. I loved it. Yeah. Um, it's that like high level of job satisfaction, which is so hard to find nowadays. So many people are dissatisfied with what they're doing. And I loved it already. So I'm like, and I had taken a couple child development classes just to to look into it, and I was really enjoying that. And so I felt this big conflict with them. Like, I. I feel like I can't do both. I can't get myself fully to music. I can't get myself fully to helping kids or doing some type of therapy or child development. Um, and I had remembered my dad had always mentioned, he's like, I, I, I knew this guy that um, worked in music therapy 
at Cal State Northridge and I would always just blow them off. I'm like, I don't know what that <laughs> is. It sounds weird. Probably is weird. Yeah. Um, and then that came back into my head like years later. I was like, and so I got in touch with this guy who was Ron Borson, who's yeah. been on the show before. And I was like, can I just come and meet with you and ask you basically what is music therapy? It like finally clicked in my head. It's music and it's therapy. Maybe it'll bring the two things I'm conflicted about together. That is so um, cool. So I went and met with him. And by the end of the conversation, I like registered for a conference in San Diego. Boom, I was down there that weekend to learn more about music therapy. And by the end of that conference, I was like, I'm switching my major. Wow. Um, and I was in the wow. process of already transferring basically to CSUN to try and get in for media composition. And I was like, this is it. This is what I, I need to do. It kind of brought those two outlets That's in my awesome. life together. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool that those kind of came, came together for me. That is cool. And then, uh, so then fast forward many years, mm-hmm. and we'll take it back to last year. Yeah. We met with Ron mm-hmm. uh, to discuss developing and launching a type of music therapy program for kids that mm-hmm. needed it. And he brought us on to you. Mm-hmm. And you joined us and helped us launch our Boys and Girls Music Therapy Program. What what takeaway or what what memories stick out for you during those two sessions? Yeah, man, so many. I mean, yeah, I remember you guys coming over a year yeah. ago and meeting yeah. with Ron and I. I was super excited to be able to to be a part of that. Um, man, uh, I'm always surprised by how well things go when music is involved um like pleasantly surprised i'll get nervous like stepping into a new setting and being like people are going to think this is weird or we're songwriting with people that never have written before or they don't know what music therapy is and so there's always that um just that doubt that's there like i wonder how it's going to go and then you step in and from the moment i mean the first thing we did was play drums with the kids that were there and did a kind of a drum circle and boom right away those younger kids just jumped in and started playing and i still remember that first day um and just playing there and seeing them walk in and already we had made this connection before we'd even talked to each other because it was the first thing we did is hey just grab a drum start playing and then finally we talked out of that after that and it's like, oh, we already connected. We already played music Is that something together. you do a lot with whenever you're doing a class or like that? You, you like to start it off with music and, and, and kind of finding a connection mm-hmm. sonically? Yeah. I think of it um, in a couple different ways. That would be one is trying to connect. But it's also, um, it, it helps a lot with some sessions. I don't always do it. But to set a tone right away so that right when people walk in, they understand that this is like a different space. We're going to do something that's unexpected right away. You might be a little uncomfortable, but, um, and it's to try to change the energy right away to trigger people so that they're out of their daily routine, especially if I'm doing groups. So I do, I do groups at rehabs and I'll do the same thing. And you know, you know, what's, what's cool to me about that. I think I may be wrong. You guys comment, but I feel like the, the term therapy mm-hmm. had like a especially for a kid yeah like kids don't want to do therapy yeah. they're therapy i don't want it, anything to do with it yeah. so when they walk in they're walking in one way thinking they're going to get interrogated mm-hmm. yeah or anything like that and then mm-hmm. they see it's just people yeah. playing music you yeah know, or people making rhythms mm-hmm. so i think that was a huge great tactic to to you know lower everyone's fears mm-hmm. and and get them all to yeah. contribute it's cool I, I remember as a student even it was one thing that um, Ron would do or some of the other professors, like it, it would be finals week and you'd walk in all stressed and he'd be like, okay, everyone grab, grab a drum or grab, grab an instrument. Let's all play together for a little bit. Just to change 
kind of your mindset as you're stepping in. And so, yeah, it was something I always appreciated being there. And I'll, and I think it worked out for the setting we were in, especially mm-hmm. um, to get the kids kind of involved right away from the get-go. Now, we did songs. We studied songs like uh, Wonderful Wonderful um, by Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Blanking on that. Is it Wonderful Life? What a wonderful, wonderful World. Mm-hmm. By Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we even did. Todd, I don't want to hear that. Todd, should we play that? <laughs> huh? Did we play that a couple? What? Did we play that like a show ago? No, no, he's, no. He's slow. <laughs> okay, so but but wait, songs I have a question that, real quick. Yeah, before. yeah, go ahead. Can you explain to the listeners <laughs> what is music therapy? Yeah, um, absolutely. I I like to put it. Let's in get this his, back on track. In his, <laughs> <laughs> the whole topic. Let's, um, I like to put it in when I'm asked that question in as simple terms as I as I can, and it's difficult at times. That I have a whole book called Defining Music Therapy that's that um, goes through all these different definitions, like 150. What do you, you pages. write the the definitions out? No, no, it's a book like that has all okay, these. You like, explains, okay, you purchased No, I didn't write. I didn't okay, write. <laughs> <laughs> the camera. I've, I, I've written no books on music therapy. <laughs> okay. um, no. Uh, the way that I see it is music therapy is using music to meet goals in a therapeutic situation that aren't musical. So what you're working on, um, your universal goals, the things that, are, that are, you're really trying to get to, have nothing to do with music, typically. Mm-hmm. Even if they're a creative goal, like I want to in, increase their creative output, I want to give them something else. That doesn't exactly have to do with music. Um, and but music is the tool always used to meet that goal that isn't musical, um, and that goal is defined. So any session that I do, um, and it was the same way with ours that I would have at the end of end of our breakdown for each day. Like these are the three things that I want to get done today, um, and some of them have nothing to do with music, but music is going to be involved mm-hmm. every step of the way in some way as a tool to get us there. And so if you think of that in terms of, well. Um, working with someone that needs to develop their motor skills again after an accident. And so, okay, well, you can use music as a rhythm to try and work on walking or teaching you to play piano to use your mm-hmm. fingers again um, or as a memory tool. And so it's working on all these different things but using music to get there. That's so the, 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 the class we did was mm-hmm. more kids from, you know, inner city yeah, that, that had struggles with loss, mm-hmm. whether it was all types of loss. Yeah. But you've done groups with other types of... Mm-hmm disadvantages yeah like can you explain what that may be like compared to what we did or, yeah. or what's the common thread or and give us any insight on that um yeah i've i've been lucky enough as a student and as a professional over the last handful of years to work in a lot of different types of settings um one of the ones i work in most right now is actually adult drug and alcohol rehabilitation facilities and doing groups there with music with music yeah music music therapy groups um with Anywhere from five to fifteen adults. And so, how, do you, are you starting it the same way with drums? And Sometimes, I mean, um, I'm there once a week or twice a week um, indefinitely, and so I'm seeing people as they're there for anywhere from thirty to ninety days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uh, sometimes we'll we'll do drumming. Um, I always say like my sessions are a mixture of listening to music, playing music, or writing music. Um, and so some sessions are all about listening and we'll only listen to songs and then talk about them. And, and the goal of that session isn't to listen to songs. The goal of that section session is to, to get people to process something, to think about something a different way. Music is the tool that, that helps us get there. Mm. Um, or I'll do songwriting groups like we've done at the D.D. Jackson Foundation 
Um, but with adults in over a few weeks working on writing songs to help process what they're going through. Um, or we'll do drumming sessions where um, the whole hour that I'm there we'll play music together because it's amazing for someone that's never picked up an instrument before to realize they can be involved actively in music because um, in our culture that you don't you don't do that unless you're a musician right and music is a passive thing mm-hmm. that we experience unless we're musicians mm-hmm. and in our culture where it's always on it's in the background it's in the elevator it's in the restaurant it's in your car um, but if you didn't learn to play it, it you're just a passive observer often or, or you're singing along which that's that's your active amount and people don't realize that there's there's so much that you can be involved in when it comes yeah. to music so getting someone to pick up a drummer or a shaker and be like oh I can play um, because rhythm is already built into me it's mm-hmm. in the way I walk it's in the way my heart beats it's in the way that I wake up and go to sleep and and boom all right there they've just realized something that they've never thought of before and are experiencing life and creativity in a way that they've never done two minutes into walking into a room with a weird music therapist yeah yeah <laughs> so I mean I'm a quotes guy mm-hmm. so, and one quote I, I that keeps reaching out to me is by Yehudi oh you're gonna go with that one huh <laughs> I, I saw the name on it and I was like I don't even know if I Yehudi Munihin Menuhin Menuhin you're brave <laughs> we're gonna take uh, the any, word for it yeah yeah <laughs> But anyway, I love the quote because yes. it's very powerful. You want to read it, Todd? Yeah, it sure. seems like you have the same quote. Yes. Um, music is a therapy. It's a communication far more powerful than words, far more immediate, far more efficient. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and it's so cool because I think, I think that's right on. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, I don't want to say take advantage or, or we don't understand that. We don't, we don't give it that power, but music does have that power mm-hmm. to transcend yeah, and what was so cool for me was when we did the classes was seeing the kids who come whether they had a bad day mm-hmm. whether they're having a bad month to see the transformation mm-hmm. and the common thread was music mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily music they listened to yeah you know, that's what yeah, I loved absolutely. about what yeah. you did Cameron it was what a wonderful world and and songs that that they may have heard but mm-hmm. really don't play every day. Yeah. And to see how the the music and the voice of Louis Armstrong and the words he's using and mm-hmm. the colors and you know all that really changed their their lives without them knowing it. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm I'm in a music family, so mm-hmm. I, I've always valued music. But yeah. it was really cool to see yeah. kids that may not have been from music really come around. Yeah, I like um, I do this often in sessions where we did in the Dee Dee Jackson where we we listen to song with the lyrics in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and just have you read along and I'll ask you a question afterwards what stood out to you and one of the things I'm so consistently surprised by in so many different settings is just by doing that it it can be a song that people have heard like What a Wonderful World Mm -hmm. heard a thousand times before but never sat and put themselves um, fully into it by just immersing and reading through it and really listening to it and so I can listen to a song like that with a group and afterwards ask a question like what did that mean to you and all of a sudden they're talking about oh my gosh that made me think of when I was a child and this happened with my my dad or that um just made me miss this about home I I didn't realize I was missing this and it's like that song probably played on the radio or something Mm -hmm. like that last week and it didn't have that effect Mm -hmm. it's because taking a the time to sit and really immerse yourself in music and not just be a passive observer, but be an active observer of it, kind of dive into it. 
that in and of itself is something that even us as musicians we don't do often mm-hmm. unless we're writing a song how often do we sit down and just like just listen and try and put ourselves in the shoes of the person that wrote it and is singing it or think to ourselves like what is why do I like this song so much what do I like about it why does it stick out to me and so it's those simplest little things that can um, be the biggest surprises so mm-hmm. I, I was surprised even I, when I chose What a Wonderful World like I wonder how young Google. kids are going to respond to listening mm-hmm. to this old song mm-hmm. um, but they did amazing they did, very yeah, good yeah, they did great. very good Mm-hmm. And um, we, I would, I don't know if we can, but there's some lyrics that they came yeah. up with that were so awesome, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so awesome. Another thing that I think is important to discuss, Cameron, is how, your approach mm-hmm. because you never pride, you never made any because all of our pretty much not all, but the vast majority of our time with the boys and girls kids was in a group setting, mm-hmm. and you kind of let kids go at their own speed and pace, and I commend you for that, mm-hmm. um, especially with the schedule you know I, I think one class was six weeks and the other was eight weeks yeah but it was it was like I, I felt like just being there, the mm-hmm. kids were getting therapy, mm-hmm. even if they really didn't quote unquote open up and, yeah. and tell their story. Just being there and being in a setting where they can express themselves and write things down mm-hmm. or or hear other people, some of the other kids' stories, did a lot for them. Yeah, where did you? Is that something you learned in school about how to let people go at their own time? Because some therapists I've been around mm-hmm. will try to pry and get you. You got to do this. You got to say. How did you come up with your more chill? Um, man, I thought a lot about what type of setting I was walking into before we got there. Mm. And you're right. Like, I'm walking into a boys and girls club as 26 year old <laughs> white guy, white guy, yeah. that, white guy that grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, man, I don't, I don't have a similar thread. Yeah. Um, to these kids growing up, except for maybe music. Yeah. Um, that I enjoyed it. Um. And then I was a kid at one point, and and so if if I was to walk in there, um, and I find I have to do this. I mean, in most settings I walk into, because if I'm doing a session at a, a drug and alcohol rehab, I'm not a recovering addict, and I'm young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so you have to find this common... almost by yeah, almost by necessity. I can't walk in with too much authority because people would be averse to that. I think seeing me yeah. in both of those settings, yeah. Um, and so some of it's by necessity, I think, because I, um, my, as I process through it beforehand, I'm like, it, it won't, if I step in with too much authority or assuming too much, first of all, I'll probably be wrong if I try and make too many assumptions about um, kids like this that grew up in a different setting than me. And so as much as it's um, a process for letting them kind of take at their own speed, it's also for me as the therapist to... I don't want to rush and think I know too much about them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Think think that I understand them before I really do. And so if I don't take those first couple of weeks to really slowly get to see where they're at, hear a little bit of the story, oh, which which ones of these kids are willing to, to talk a little bit? Which ones of these kids um, have done something like this before? Which ones are real, like holding on to their pain really heavily? Um, and kind of get a few of those questions answered before I try and ask too much of them, then I'm not going to end up being successful because I, I, I'll probably walk in with the wrong assumptions, and I, I'll, I would have walked in with a lot of wrong assumptions mm-hmm. if I had made mm-hmm. too many. So, um, I think some of it comes from probably realizing as a student even that when I would assume things, my assumptions were usually thrown out within the first two minutes. 
of of a session that I had planned. And so if if um, if I can plan as good as possible, but knowing that things might shift and things might be different, or leave room as you're saying, like allowing the kids to move slowly through the songwriting process and at their own pace and opening up at their own pace, um, then I don't have a lot of area, uh, ways that I'll end up being like disappointed in what ends up happening that day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, okay. cause there's so many different ways that they can succeed. Um, and so with the, the program we did, I tried to set it up to where they were, there was these baby steps, um, to get them to into songwriting. So what are we going to do first? We'll listen to music first. We'll mm-hmm. talk about, well, what do you like about the song? Mm-hmm. What about the rhythm stands out to you? What about the words? Um, and you have, okay, so those are the types of things you like. Okay, well, let's um, let's take a really simple song like What a Wonderful World or Imagine by John, Len- mm-hmm. John Lennon. And, uh, and let's take some of those themes that you liked and let's make up some of our own words or let's write a haiku together based off of some of your favorite lines from the last song. And then all of a sudden, okay, so now they've written something a little bit. What if we take what you wrote a little bit and we expand it? What's the next thought from that? And what, how do we add a rhyme? And so yeah. it's just these little steps, little steps, and then boom, in the last, by the third week after they've done those baby steps, it's like, okay, well, let's write a song together. And they're like, oh, I've never written a song. Well, you, you've done you've yeah. done all the things already. Mm-hmm. We've played drums together. You know what rhythm is. And I, I love that because... That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw it broken down to manageable pieces. You know, I never thought of writing a song by writing a haiku first. Yeah. You know, but it was something that they could do and be proud of. And and like you said, and then eventually you may want to introduce a rhyme. You know, what yeah. rhyme. And you kept it always light and fun for the kids. Mm-hmm. So it's really I, cool. I have two questions. Yeah. Um, how do you handle, like, not even a kid, but if someone in that environment is con- combative with mm-hmm. you kind of because they're in pain yeah but they're like kind of not wanting to give in mm-hmm. what, how do you handle that in terms of um what's co- your approach? combative in that in that there's some way that they're butting up to what i'm doing yeah kind of yeah like i don't want to do there's, this. Yeah. there's always a balance i think within any group session as to where it's like i need to do as much as i can as the facilitator the music therapist to, to help as many of these um kids as possible um and so you're limited and you can't focus in on one type of kid, okay. one that's extra, really extroverted. You can't focus in on, okay, we're going to f- try and form this group for the kids that are really introverted because you're going to end up leaving people out. So you keep it broad. Mm-hmm. And then, so as I, as I was saying, like, um, there's this balance of, okay, we need to try and reach everyone. Um, if someone's behavior Um, or disruption is disrupting everyone else's process Mm -hmm. to a point and this never happened with us um, to a point where it's going to affect everyone else's growth there are times where you're like okay I'm going to work with that kid maybe one on one Mm -hmm. a little while until he's ready to be in a group setting in in a healthy way but if someone's doing that um, in a way that's not really bringing down the group in a big way um, I mean it just depends. There's different ways of, of butting up. Some, I mean, some of the kids that did butt up against what I was doing was by doing nothing sometimes, yeah. right? Like, oh, do you want to write something? No, I don't want to write anything. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to be creative mm-hmm. um, and try and get something tiny out of them. We'll listen to some of the songs and I can point out, like, this, this girl talking at the end of this track, that was six weeks of us trying to get her to say anything because mm-hmm. she wouldn't write anything down. Yeah, I remember. Um, and so how did we do those baby steps? Well, we had to take those baby steps that we made for everyone and break them down even, 
even smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you tailor it to them in that sense. And luckily, I mean, the at our program, we had so many good volunteers between you guys mm-hmm. and the people that came in to help us that were really, that cared about the kids. They didn't come in with assumptions about, oh, this is going to make me look great. This mm-hmm. is, um, I have something amazing to offer. Everyone came in with a lot of humility, which helped me because I trusted the people that I saw there to to be help to the kids and and so if someone's being quiet you can help be their voice if someone's overpowering somebody else if that's how they're butting up or if they're interrupting me um um i mean i didn't talk about uh, this earlier but I, I used to be in behavioral therapy before i got into music therapy um that was after i did respite care and in behavioral therapy um I did it with children with autism. You look at what is like the functions of someone's behavior and you can look at anyone's behavior, yours, mine, just about anyone's. Um, And if you really want to categorize it, you can categorize it. And are they trying to um, get attention? Are they trying to get access to something they don't have? Are they doing it for some feeling or sensation that they're trying to get? Um, Are they doing it to escape something? And so mm-hmm. most of all of our, and now that's oversimplifying things, but you can look at most behaviors from people and they can fall into one of those mm-hmm. things. Why are we doing something? And so because I have that background of having done behavioral therapy, a lot of times I look at these kids and, and if they're responding to me in a way that's adverse or that to what needs to happen in the group, I'll try and think through that quickly. Like, well, why, why would they do this right now? What did I do right before this that made them do that? And if, if I can calculate in my head and, and be like, well, maybe it's for attention, or maybe they're trying to escape. Okay, well, if it's for attention, it's not wrong that someone wants attention, right? Right. Like, um, uh, I, have a, I have a 14-month-old daughter. It's not wrong um, that she <laughs> like she constantly wants her mom. Yeah. Um, but now she's starting to learn at the beginning phases of learning what is the appropriate way to ask for a mom, right? It's so, not yelling. She learned how to say mom and now, so, like, don't always give her the... So it's, like, going... Looking at the in the most basic way. So if someone wants attention, it's it's almost never wrong to want attention. It's about the way that we go about trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And so if, if a kid's trying to get it in an appropriate way, um, it's about giving it to them in an appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Or if they're trying to escape, well, it's not always wrong to want to get out of something. Mm-hmm. But in life, you have to learn that sometimes you have to get through things that aren't easy mm-hmm. to get to the reward at the end. And so you talk with them, hey, maybe we're can we try this for five minutes and then we'll take a break and I'll go hang out outside and play basketball with you for a minute. Yeah. Um, so it's looking at those categories and trying to figure out, well, where does this fit right now? And what's the most successful, non-prideful, humble way that I can approach this mm-hmm. to help this kid get to where we're trying to get to? Um, so, the, I mean, we did a lot of songs. I, I, what did we do? I think it was three or four with the kids and then four with the teens. I think we did three and three. Three and so three. So six songs total. Okay, so I have four here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play them all, but I'm going to play um, Limitless, mm-hmm. all right, which is, is the one you were talking about. Yeah, so. this one Yeah, this one has a girl talking at the end. We'll listen to it. But this was from the teens group. Correct. Um, at the, the groups, Boys and Girls Club. And yeah, at the Boys and Girls Club. We're, we were always separated into three songwriting groups by the third week, I think mm-hmm. it was. Um and that I would work really um, focused with one, and then the volunteers like you guys would work with a couple others, and I would go advise and help you guys out. This was one of the groups um, with a guy named Phil, who was a songwriter that came in to help one of the groups, and so this is a song that he helped um, to put together with the teens. Cool. Here's Limitless. Yeah. 
So, so that was that is limitless and that was one of the groups that from the dd jackson foundation uh power love program we did and i'm smiling through it because it was really cool to see these kids really open up yeah. cameron and, and i forgot the female's name i wouldn't say it anyway yeah. but i remember she was so not combative but she wasn't she was one of the more difficult ones yeah she was she was combative in her way which yeah. was being doing nothing basically. yeah and she yeah. was you know i'm not good in i have a horrible voice mm-hmm. i don't know what to write da, da, yeah. da, i can't sing da, da, da. Mm-hmm. but um she even contributed oh you yeah know? and um yeah her cool. doing that talking part at the end was such a big deal to get to that point after because her ideal day was sitting at the boys and girls club and reading a book to herself or talking quietly with one of her friends you know what i mean right. very quiet so that was a big deal for her yeah. Want to listen to another one? or Yeah. Yeah, you guys want to hear another one? Yeah. Okay, this one, uh, I'm going to play Bright Like the Sun. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I I, I heard a mm. bit of these, because um, Cameron, I mean, it's not like at the Boys and Girls Club we were able to turn them into these records. Cameron's been living with them for a little bit yeah. and, and polishing them up a bit. So I liked what you did with this by opening the tracks, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't so much just verse, melody, verse, yeah. melody. You, you, you let the kids kind of be kids in yeah. this one. That's great. So this one's Bright Like the Sun, and this was from the kids group. Yeah. All right, cool. Bright Like the Sun. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, this is Edward, and this song is coming straight out from the Boys and Girls Club. So I hope you enjoy. Okay. Hello. Is it working? Hello. Okay. I lift people up. I hold the wonder week. No matter how sad they are, I want them to believe. Because life is hard, we gotta have fun. So keep it light and bright like the sun. I see animals, they play at the zoo They make me laugh when they act a fool I like soccer, yes, kicking a goal Doing things for others is worth more than gold I lift people up, I hold the wonder week No matter how sad they are, I want them to believe because life is hard, we gotta have fun. So keep it light and bright like the sun. So that's yeah. that's like bright like the sun. And, and what was what was the biggest difference between working with the kids and working with the teens? Um, I would say a big difference was the amount of. Uh, guidance that the kids needed to go along. So, like the the young kids um, just need a lot of more help along each step. Well, how do you write a rhyme? How do you how do you get to the next line? And and you can keep it more simple, obviously, with the themes that you're going mm-hmm. with. But uh, really helping them through each step. For the older um, kids that were there, the teenagers, some of them already were writing music before we got there and some of them liked writing poetry or something like that and so you could give them a lot more leadership in mm-hmm. the writing process like so i could take a couple of the teens and say okay take 15 minutes go try and write some parts of the verse where with the kids if you didn't sit there with them and really help them through each step um then it was kind of harder for them to understand but i mean besides that the involvement and the excitement i think was really similar between both groups that we did we have a twitter question yeah um from Gigi. She wants to know, Cameron, have you um, done music therapy for um, patients in, ho- in the hospital? Um, as a student, when I was doing outreach groups, I did some outreach at um, local hospitals in the valley here. Um, I haven't done it as a professional, but I know a lot of people that do and a lot of hospitals that actually offer it. So Children's Hospital um, in Los Angeles has um, multiple music therapists mm-hmm. that work there and other hospitals in the L.A. area and around the country are starting to hire them. They're seeing the value in it. And That's so great. a lot of hospitals are hiring a music therapist to go and work one-on-one with patients in their rooms right now. Uh, one more question. Yeah. This is from Tiffany. She wants to know, what are some ways a person can try to use music therapy if you're by yourself to heal yourself alone, yeah. like basically? Yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I would say take opportunities to not just be a passive observer of music. Great. To try and, to try and involve yourself into it. And so if that's taking time to, to just sit and listen and ask yourself some questions about songs that have always been really powerful to you, but you never really thought why. Mm-hmm. So sit and listen to them, maybe even read out the lyrics and try and think to yourself, like, why is this important to me? Um, and even that can be a therapeutic process. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you have opportunities to try and learn an instrument or try and write music, people are really scared of something like that, doing something new. I think if I had never done it as a kid, I'd be afraid to start when I'm older. But take something like the ukulele, which is really simple. Mm -hmm. We taught some of the kids at the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation to play a couple chords in the ukulele. You can learn it in a day mm -hmm. and, and play a song and do something um, use music as the as the way to try something new and creative um, to kind of activate your brain in a new way. I think that's a good way that's as a well. Great, great advice. Cool. So we are gonna go ahead and play the feeling. Mm. So let's check out the feeling, and then we'll get some comment on that one. Man, it's so hard, I still feel the pain It's hard to overcome, it's hard to obtain It's just something I can't explain Weighing so heavily on my brain Try to run away, try to break the chains But yet I still feel, feel so contained Try to move forward when no ground was game Cause there was coming back again Sad that no one ever truly understood My struggles and loneliness Until the day I met you That we can lose. The struggle lasted oh so long. That's why I wrote this here song. Hoping they all know that they were wrong. When I say I don't, I don't belong. But I stay very, very strong. I stay strong because of you. Knowing there's nothing I can't do. Cause even when I lose, I still want you. Sad that no one ever truly understood. My struggles and loneliness. Until the day I met you Together we're very capable Fighting one against two And there's no way possible That we can Together we're very capable Fighting one against two And there's no way possible Right, I love it. Obviously, you can hear the teens. Yeah, and it, yeah. what was so cool is that you had two different kind styles of music. Yeah. You had like a an aggressive rap uh, by a sweet kid, mm -hmm. uh, and then you had the nice kind of folk singing, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one was cool. At um, Rachel and McFarland, uh, she does one of the voices on American Dad. Yeah, out, um, for that awesome. day. And she helped us to kind of finish writing it and then took like 10 minutes in the studio so you can hear her on the chorus singing with us in that part. And that That's was a big right. deal to have someone like that. Um, just having guests come in and participate, I think, was a big deal. Completely right. So that was awesome to have her on that track. As I well. remember because I remember when, they, when she introduced herself, the kids got all excited with her doing the voice on, uh, she, I think, yeah. the fam Family uh, Guy? Uh, American Dad. American Dad. American so American she Dad. does a voice on there. So. Yeah. And and that's that's a good way that's a good segue for me to say is thank you for all of our volunteers. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, we mm -hmm. we don't get a chance to thank you enough, Absolutely. but it you guys did so much for those programs and if you're listening, thank you so 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 much from and from sponsors. all of us and, and the sponsors, sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. for for allowing us to do that. And and what the other thing I'm going to say is I loved this because not only was the process impactful and helpful for yeah. them, but it's something they could take away yeah. that now they, they get to keep forever yeah, yeah. and they get to play in five, ten years and, mm -hmm. and bring back some good memories on, you know? Mm -hmm. So, 
You guys have anything, Taj, too? No, I just, I thought, I remember before, even with the kids, the very first class, I remember uh, us sitting in that circle, and before we even started, we you say that, let's just start off with drums. Yeah. And just, when because like you said before, when it was a different environment for them, so mm-hmm. coming in, we were just, I remember just like, as they came in, you're like, all right, just grab a drum and join in. And I think from that point on, I think the kids didn't really know what to expect. Like TJ said, the word therapy. And, um, you know, there's a lot of children. They don't know us. And some have been through more than others. And some, to be honest, didn't really at first wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, what is this about? Like, why do I, why did they sign me up for this? And, and it was, I, one of the things that was so funny to me was towards the end of that, that course with the, with the kids, you had other kids coming, mm-hmm. showing up for the class that yeah. weren't even signed up yeah, because absolutely. they just, you know, it, it turned into a thing where they didn't really want to go. Like they didn't want to be there and to them telling their, their, their friends and yeah. having them come and, and the best thing about it was was it it opened up um, an opportunity for them to, if not talk about it and express to listen and and um, music therapy you know yeah. deal with loss, and like I said some was more than others but it, it got them talking about it and yeah. I thought that was Absolutely. that was great about it and it was cool because they they were really supporting each other mm-hmm. yeah like some kids like I love this song and you know you could see the excitement mm-hmm. from the kids who had anything to do with that song it was just mm-hmm. a really 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 cool program okay and, every, and everyone participated which mm-hmm. was nice yeah yeah another quote I'm a quote guy uh, music washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life mm-hmm. that's Berthold Arbach I'll say it again. Music washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life. Mm -hmm. And I I think a lot of our listeners are music lovers, like Mm -hmm. you said earlier, who isn't kind of thing. But I think we got to remember that music is such a powerful key. It's not just a a hobby or or Mm -hmm. a piece of satisfaction, but it's actually a language. It's actually a means of communication. Mm -hmm. Um, We have one more song to play, but I'm thinking we should play it on the outro. Or should we play it now? We'll play on the outro, but Cameron, I just want to thank you mm-hmm. on behalf of my brothers and the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation mm-hmm. for everything you did. You, you went way beyond our expectations yeah. on what a music therapist would be for these kids. And when we decided to do the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation and a music therapy program, um, this was exactly what we wanted to do is, is make a difference. So I can't thank you enough. Cameron for everything and all the hard work and and thank your wife Mm because like you said you have Mm -hmm. a a young daughter (laughs) (laughs) so she's probably you're leaving again Uh, because it wasn't close you know it it, it was it was always usually after school so it was right in the heart of traffic and the the drive isn't close (laughs) for all of us Uh, coming home on the 405 at six o'clock in the evening you know but as you know and as you do every day you're you're making a difference so Mm -hmm. hats off to you uh, Taj, Char, you have anything to say before? I said it all. Yeah. Okay. No, thank you so much. So we're going to play one more song, but before we do, instead of saying if you liked what you hear, you could visit us, we actually set up a cool uh, thing for your mobile site, for your phone. So you could text. Wait, I'm sorry. Before I even get in that, you got to mention your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we do have another minute, Cam, because if people want to know more about you mm-hmm. and hear more music you're doing for kids, where are they going? Um... You can look at a couple different things. So I have a website, Cameron-Mooney.com. You'll see some about my music therapy work. 
Um, my wife and I write kids music and have a YouTube channel of kids videos. It's called Little Arrow Family Songs. So you can search that. You'll find our website or our YouTube channel um, and learn a little bit about why we're writing kids music. And then I'm in a band, a folk band called Rosie Harlow and the Tall Tale Boys. Love so it. You, can uh, find you guys us. are performing locals? Yeah, yeah we're, doing, um, uh, we're doing a big country festival in Moore Park called the Oak Heart, Oak Heart Country Festival in June. Nice. So cool. we'll put out a CD next month. So One nice. more time, the website for the kids stuff? Um, littlearrowfamily.com. Perfect. You'll find the, all of our kids' music stuff there. Check right. out Cameron's stuff. Cameron's a, a one-of-a-kind, a special mm-hmm. guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really is. Okay, now what I was saying before I remember important thing mm-hmm. was that you could text ddjf those letters ddjf to four one four 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 again that's four one four 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 Cheryl, why are you looking at me? Because like I'm making that. sure you say this clearly. Basically the important part you're texting yeah. DDJF to the number the number you're gonna text it to is four one four four four. And that's the easiest way to help support us and donate and which allows us to do more things beyond the radio show such as the music therapy program Mm -hmm. we are going to be doing another music therapy program over the summer um and you know your your help your contributions is what makes it happen so and basically what happens is when you text that a link will come up and just click the link and then you'll see yeah And, and you know any little bit helps i don't want people to get intimidated we know it's hard out there you know, we don't want you to stress your family out, but you know, if it's a dollar, it's a dollar. Any little bit helps, and like I always say, it's, there's no better feeling than giving back and contributing. So, mm-hmm. do what you can. Um, otherwise, check out Cameron Sites, littlearrowfamilies.com, littlearrowfamily.com, or you can just go on YouTube and search Little Arrow Family Songs or something like that, and you'll see it. Cool. Cool. Perfect. And and that's pretty much it. We're gonna end with understanding is the key. Mm-hmm. Okay. You read anything you want to say about that one? No, this is a, uh, from the teens group. Um, um, I guess, yes. Uh, this is from the teens group with a guy named Davis. He worked with them. Dave, um, to yeah, write he was on the show, too. He had yeah. a great yeah. story. Oh, Davis came yeah. up. That's great. Yeah, so Davis great helped guy. write this song, and he's the one singing it with the kids on there. So he was, it was awesome to have him out there. Cool. Awesome. All right. Understanding Thank you guys for the listening. Key. Yes. See you next week. Sometimes you can't handle it It's too much going on It feels like there's no one out there To help you when you're alone When you keep it inside It feels like you'll explode Like you've been kicked to the curb Along this bumpy road Understanding is the key to trust We must open our hearts to fulfill that love It takes time to overcome But with friends by our side There's nothing but love and the pain we feel inside Oh, 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 oh To learn how to connect with one another With trust and friendship 
you will have each other. Expressing your soul will get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You will no longer feel like a cold stone. Understanding is the key to trust. We must open our hearts to fulfill that love. It takes time to overcome, but with friends by our side. There's nothing but love and the pain we feel inside. With connection, trust can be gained, and you will no longer feel the pain.